Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Man, we're in November. How do we get here? November the 12th. It's a Thursday. I'm Scott Prather, and of course, on Thursdays, joined by host of the morning lock-in, Norman Locke. And we got a lot to get into, and uh, I brought you a gift this morning, Norman. What's that? What's that, a PS5 I brought you? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Scott Prather was able to get me the digital PS5. That's the expensive one for everybody. Is it? I thought the one with the, oh, the disc is $100 yeah, disc. more. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yep, just, uh, just found that one lying around. Just figured I'd bring it to you. He's such a great guy. That's why they call it the Great Scott Show. <laughs> just, just handing out, handing out PS Five, PlayStation Five. Some folks are like, what are they talking about? If we, if you want one, just tweet the station. Yeah, we'll send you go. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it it'll just be a, a picture. It won't be real. No. Yeah, I, I I think there's a lot to learn from the um, the gaming craze. As yeah. as somebody that that likes to game myself. I think you and I, this is actually one thing we agree on. If somebody were to give us like a system right when it came out, we're go- we would take it. But in terms of spending our hard-earned cash, I like to wait a little while. Yeah. I mean, you, you see reports of smoke coming off of some of them, or they're not all working, or they're, they're on the phone, or they're having issues. It just feels like the launch date for these things never go as smoothly as possible. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, but they could at least fix it online. I'm like, yeah, but that... It's not like it just happens at once. And talking to friends of mine that have gone down this path, Norm, of I need this right away, it seems like they usually have issues. I like to wait a little while, you know, maybe hopefully get some gifts at Christmas that I can repackage and sell to get some hard cash. And yes. then and then at some point, like once all the kinks are worked out, go maybe go lay down some, some cash and get one. Because, see, my, my thing is I had the Xbox 360 when it first came out. And you, you, I don't know if you remember the Red Ring of Death that was going around. Uh, I, I, I've been, I've been a PlayStation, PlayStation guy for a long well, time. Well, so. they had a Red Ring of Death. Red Ring of Death. If it flashed, if three, when you cut the Xbox 360 on, it was a green ring that came around the power button. If you got three red rings, your Xbox would never work again. So it was called the Red Ring of Death, and I got it, and I had to send my Xbox in to Microsoft, and it took three months. For them to send it back, well, I ended up buying another Xbox. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I That's can't. rough. Yeah, I was like, That's I can't rough. be without an Xbox. I want to say this was like, uh, what, 2008 or something like that, 2009. I can't be, I just got it. I can't be three months without it. I just got it. But there's a craze to overreact, and it's very, you know, there, there is, there's a lot to learn from that. Yeah. Like, it's, we do it in, in sports. We overreact week to week. I mean, it's what we do. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. I'm but, like, it. you know, once you have a larger body of work, you can make a, a better, a, a more well-formed opinion. But, like, week one or game one in anything, at any level, we're, we're, we're just, there's this rush of got to be there, got to get it, got to make a bold prediction right now. And really, it's like, you know, we should probably wait a month or two and figure a little bit more about this because this system, these teams, this player, whatever it might be, they got to work out the kinks a little bit. I don't agree. So you you just you think you overreact after one week? No, I, I think I see things objectively from the empty side of the glass. You know, everybody else looks at the glass full, half full, and I look at it half empty. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? The, the guy that's been 
defending Mike McCarthy on this show for a while. Yeah. You look at it half empty. Almost beat the Steelers. I like, oh, the, game, I like the game plan that they had. First of all, I said it last week. I said the Cowboys are going to play a really close game and they're going to lose it because the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, if you look at it, he's done a great job as a coach. He's been there a while. They, I think, are 0-11 now under him against the spread as a double-digit road favorite. And Big Ben is definitely is the kind of guy that's like, like, like when he had, when his mom was like, look, when he was young, or his dad was like, look, you gotta, you gotta take out the trash if you want to, you know, you want to play at the PlayStation. He was a guy that would wait until the absolute last second to do it. Like, I'll do it later. Like, whatever, I'll figure it out. Like that game played out where they were just like, we'll wait, we'll just, we'll wait, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, it was, I think that was the refs that was kind of doing that. Oh, so now it's the refs. Yeah, yeah, because that, that hands-to-the-face uh, call, <laughs> You're, that hands-to-the-face yeah. call extended extended their drive, and they went on Look, to score. Look, again, I, I wanted the Cowboys to win. It would have it helped me out in my survival league very much, but that game played out exactly like I thought. I mean, they were undefeated, and the Cowboys are without Dak Prescott. So, I mean, it went exactly how a lot of people thought it was going to go. But like I said, you know, uh, I like the game plan that came out. The special teams were um, – they ran that trick play with the, the – That was turn. cool. That was cool. That's why I say that, that – That was I'm, cool. I, the defense played a lot better. Um, the quarterback play was better. Uh, that's why I said – Don't don't, over, don't overreact. The quarterback play was, was better. Don't overreact. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't do it. Just it's, don't be. You, 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 I don't understand how you could say you're a glass half empty guy when when you're still positive about your Cowboys that have had a season from hell. How am I positive? Because I said that I liked. Uh, you, you make me. You make excuses for Mike McCarthy every time we talk, and I've been telling you since the day they hired him that was a bad hire. Yeah, and I, I disagree. I mean, I've been saying Malcolm Jenkins was a bad signing since the Saints signed him, and played pretty good on Sunday, didn't he? That's, how many weeks has been? Played pretty good the week before that. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. If if you're comparing the two, uh, Malcolm Jenkins has definitely done a better job with the Saints than Mike McCarthy has as head coach of the Cowboys. If you want to compare the two, I don't know. I do, I do, <laughs> I do know. Um, Debatable. What, 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 so, what's going through your mind when you watch the Saints completely annihilate the Bucks? Objectively speaking, not all right. What can I put on Twitter to tick people off? What's going through your mind for you? <laughs> um. I think that the the Saints were way more prepared than the Bucks. I, I'm gonna say that it just seemed like they knew everything that they was gonna throw at them. Like that's what it, it seemed like to me is like they on offense knew all their passing concepts because it's just like Tom Brady just could not go anywhere with the ball. Um, they work. They work the they 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 won in the trenches, which I figured. You had Tampa's O-line, which was a weak link, against the Saints' D-line, which hadn't played as well as some thought they should up to this point. And then you had Tampa's defense front seven and the Saints' O-line, and it was kind of strength on strength. Who's going to win? The Saints, I think, won both of those going away, and that was a big difference in the game. I mean, you get Brady under pressure a little bit, and he's not that good. Well, yeah, I mean, that receivers, like I said, I think that they've, knew what plays was coming on the offensive side. Like, I, I didn't see any se- much separation between the receivers. Uh, it's just like, uh, I hate to say it, it seemed like they wasn't getting open. Now, I, I, I know, did you see uh, Godwin's finger? His his broken finger? Yeah, yeah. did you see it? That was, uh, he shouldn't have played. I think that he was, um, he kind of held the Jerry team. Jerry Rice up. in his prime could have played. It wouldn't have mattered. 
They were getting work. Oh no, yeah, but I'm speaking specifically to him. <laughs> they like, were I don't, work. I don't think that he should have played because it's like you had both your fingers with splints on it. You can't catch a football. Do like, you think you less of Tampa after that game? In terms of no, them being a legit contender. No, because like as you alluded to, week by week you can't. You can't. I said beat. week. I said week one. No, no. I said week one. Week to week. I can't. said once you have a larger body of week work to week. You but again, you look at an entire body of work, and they, right? They have the same After record? week one, you only have week one. It's six um, and three versus six and two. Uh, the Saints have beaten them twice. Yeah, six and three versus six and two. Saints have a better record, correct? No, no, no. Tampa is uh, six and three. Yeah, that's why I say six yeah. and three and six and two. So no, they don't have the same record. To answer your question, I just said I corrected myself and say six and three, six and two. Wait, what are you trying to say? That was their records. No, but like, what's your point? Oh, I was saying their records, just for no reason at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's that far off. It's, it's, you and I both agree. Last week, the winner of the game was hosting a playoff game, and the loser was not. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how the playoffs go. Yeah, so you think Tampa's <laughs> going to roll through the playoffs on the road and and possibly win a Super Bowl? I don't think that. Uh, remember when we talked about the contenders, I said that anybody who has to play these three difficult games, and like if the Saints don't have the bye, I don't see the Saints making it to the Super Bowl with three, three playoff games having to play three games. Right, so I can say the same with Tom Brady. The only team out the NFC right now – like I said, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, you were about to say it. You you caught yourself. You were about to say it. I was about to say Green Bay, but I can't. No, I can't, can't. I can't put myself to to say Green Bay. Um, I mean, they got they got work by Tampa. They got work by the Vikings. So it's like, like that's what I say. If you they've got. Look they've at, got. Here's what they have going for them. First of all, they played San Francisco last week on a short week when San Fran had half a roster. Um, Saints are catching San Francisco at a good time, for the record. They get the Jags this Sunday. Who, uh, Green Bay? Yeah. That's a dub. Then they go to Indy. We'll see. It'd be tough. They got the Bears on Sunday night. The Bears are a sinking ship. That game's in Green Bay, by the way. It'd be tough. Then they got the Eagles. Then they got the Lions. Then they got the Panthers. Sounds like a bye week to me. I mean, their schedule sets up pretty nice. Sounds like a bye week to me. So you got... But they lost to the Vikings. So do do they drop one or two of these games? Like... They have the Titans, the uh, I guess two days after Christmas on Sunday night, but that game's in Green Bay. Like the Packers, sounds like a bye week to me. Are going to be favored in the rest of their games this season. Sounds like a bye week to me. The Saints will be favored in maybe all of their games, possibly not against Kansas City. Depends possibly. on. Well, that game's in New Orleans. That's why I said that six point swing. If it's a neutral field or Kansas City, the Chiefs are clear. I'm just talking about betting. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, all the other games, they will assuredly be the betting favorite. Just betting doesn't mean anything. After all, the Bucks were a four-and-a-half-point favorite and, uh, you know, lost by five touchdowns. So these two teams, is this, is this the race for the one seed in the NFC? Because to your point, Seattle's defense, I thought Dunlap and, and Jamal Adams would help a little bit, and uh, they're just they're just absolutely atrocious. I told you. <laughs> I told you them wins against the NFC East wasn't uh, impressive. I told you. They're still going to win the division, though. I mean. They're still going to win the NFC West. I mean, that's like saying, you know, somebody's no, still no, going to win the no. NFC East. No. Oh, my God. Don't say that. If, Don't say that. If Every if, team in the NFC. San Francisco right now with half a roster could beat any team in the NFC East. 
That's, Except the Eagles. Is that an attaboy? <laughs> like that's what that's what I'm. I'm just like okay, then that'll get them four four wins. Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. All you just compared the NFC West to the NFC East. Well, uh, only thing I'm saying is if they beat if the NFC East is so terrible and majority of their wins, if all those teams have six wins or some of them have six wins and four came out the NFC East, I don't want to talk about them. Like, I just, I'm sorry. Like if the NFC East is so atrocious and four of your six wins come from the NFC East. I'm sorry. I'm not impressed. How are you playing come January? That's what you want to be doing, playing your best football. Obviously, in the year of 2020, a lot can change um, week to week, as we're seeing, certainly in college football this week. Oh. Uh, by the way, uh, Jay's listening. Listen to our opening segment. He says uh, he bought an Xbox 360 for $3 at Goodwill, sent it off to Microsoft because it was still under warranty because it had the red ring of death. Said he got a new system for three bucks. How long did it take, though? I, he got a he got an Xbox 360 for three dollars. How long did it take, Jay? I mean, he sounds like he played the game well. Yeah, he played the game well. But who I mean, who doesn't check and see if it's under warranty? Who takes it just drops it at Goodwill? Probably somebody that, that don't have the time. Probably to wait. somebody that had parents that had plenty of money and they just got it the day it came out and said oh no it's not working go get me another one all right let's just drop this one off at goodwill three bucks it's pretty good it's pretty good but if it took him six weeks to wait for it i'm down six weeks I'll, I'll, I'll probably wait six weeks till i buy a ps5 that's smart <laughs> you're suggesting he didn't do the right he got it he got it no no three I'm just, bucks what I, do you what do you all i'm saying is how long did it take like i, I understand the price is very very cheap but if it took forever to come like like i said it took three he months said, he my, said it took under a month that's not that bad but i mean I'm that's a, no no that's great he got an xbox 360 he that's smart but what year is this that's another thing it's context if you got right if now, it's could, under warranty it was probably early on is my guess Okay. If it's still under warranty, okay. I mean, you don't you don't want to buy an old. I see. If you went and saw like a PS4 that wasn't working for two bucks now at Goodwill, that'd be a waste of time because it's not under warranty. And if you try to take it to a place to get fixed, there's no guarantee it's going to work, and you don't know how much that's going to cost in and of itself. Touche. <sighs> what should I do with a PS4 once you get a new system? Just sell it back to someone? Yeah, sell see, it on that's... the market, or what, what do you do? What do you do here? I mean, GameStop giving you like ten cent on a dollar. I mean, it's not. They're not giving you much. <laughs> they giving you. They giving you an attaboy and a pat on the back. Uh, so I don't know. Like that's the that's the biggest thing. It's like PS4 isn't iconic like a PlayStation One or Two, and it's like they're making most of the games on PS4 playable on PS5. So it's like you can really check. Uh, so on your PS4, there's like a uh, you can go and click on. If you have a PS5 in your own house, you could have a PS4 in a different room and basically log into it and play yeah, some of the games. Yeah, it. yeah. But uh, yeah. it's pretty. It's a pretty good system. I mean, I've I've enjoyed it. But let's let them uh, let PS5 work out the kinks and yeah. uh, and get ready. See, um, I hope all men who have women make their I hope their woman buys them a PS5 for Christmas. But just you know. Make sure it doesn't have any smoke coming out of it. Or that's the Xbox. Red yes. Ring of Death. That's what they, that's what they get for buying right. Microsoft. Um, it was 2010 when the 360 came out. Ooh, okay. Yeah, see, I had it. I had it fall 10 because that was my freshman year, so I knew I had it, and I was upset. That's <laughs> the how Red I, I Ring of Death. The Red Ring of Death. You didn't drop it off at a Goodwill in Lafayette, did you? No, I sent it to Microsoft, and I got it back at the end of my freshman year, like, upset. This is before Wi-Fi in the dorms. This is before... 
those new heritage dorms. This is Stokes. This is the projects. It was just me. You barely got cable in, in Stokes dormitories. So it was rough. It you was say, a rough. You say barely. What do you mean? How do, how do you barely get cable? It's like, you know, um, it was send the block. It's like, it's like, I don't know, like the cable was fuzzy. Okay, so it just it was like it wasn't a clear picture. Yeah, no, it wasn't a clear right. picture. And then, you know, TVs ten years ago was already got a fifteen inch <laughs> that you're trying to watch something on. Um, speaking of uh, knowing what a team's going to run or being well prepared, um, the Ravens were the highest scoring team in 2019, and they've got all of their offense back with the exception of one player, and they're scoring at one-third of the same pace. Lamar Jackson was on the Rich Eisen show yesterday, and the MVP quarterback said, the other teams already know the play that's coming when we get to the line. Quote, they're calling out our plays, stuff like that. They know what we're doing. Sometimes stuff won't go our way if they're beating us to the punch. Uh, He was asked if hearing defenses call out the plays – is he hearing defenses called the plays? He said, yeah, they definitely do, like run and stuff like that. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. Sometimes that's what's going on. Are we overstating uh, Lamar Jackson's point? Is he, is like, is this just, is he talking about something that's somewhat common gamesmanship or is he talking about a big underlying issue with their offense not being what it was a season ago because they need to mix it up some more and, and, and the even- other teams are just basically the opponents it's like don't get me wrong i mean they they've got a good record they're good but they have championship aspirations right yeah what do they need to do here norm they need to mix up the playbook you see some of these other explosive offenses um with a bunch of different wrinkles going on in their offense and it's just like with the ravens you know two things they're going to run the football and they're going to run the football so it's not it's not like lamar jackson is going to um Marquise Brown you to death because he hasn't had an explosive game this season. Uh, Willie Sneed isn't going to, you know, destroy your team. So it's just like he needs a true number one receiving threat to take the top off those defenses. I just don't think – I think Marquise Brown is a good complementary piece and also Willie Sneed if he was a slot receiver. But I just think that he needs a number one threat. And then also it seems as if Mark Ingram has hit that wall at 30 years old and – he isn't producing as as uh, the year he had last. It's year. just tough right now for them. I mean, credit to to them because last Sunday was the first time under Lamar that they won when trailing at halftime. Yeah, um, that was against the Colts. Yeah, like I, I, you know, for the most part, we both said last week when we we're kind of trying to separate contenders from pretenders. The issue with Baltimore is, can you win multiple ways? And if this team is down, you know in the second half or in the fourth quarter, they're not able to play the offense that's been so successful for them because you gotta, you know, you gotta you gotta throw it more, you gotta do more things aerial. I mean, Baltimore loves to run the football. They love to utilize the tight ends. I mean, you you, you could be the fifth string of tight end in Baltimore. Gonna catch it could be down. it could be your day. Um they need to they need to expand things a little bit because I don't see Pittsburgh losing that division. So you're gonna have to go on the road to start the playoffs. I mean Lamar is awesome, but he needs that playoff win this year. And I think for Baltimore, there's always going to be a few doubters out there. They don't necessarily have to win the Super Bowl in my mind, but they need to do something in the postseason to to get all those doubters off their back a little bit. Yeah, you don't want another Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady situation where everybody was just, 
you know, Payne Manny was great every regular season, regular season, regular season. Then when it came to the playoffs, he couldn't win the playoff games. And it's kind of going to look like that with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, where he just – Patrick Mahomes is, is Tom Brady-esque, and he's winning championships early. He's breaking a bunch of records, and then you look over, and it's like Lamar Jackson's doing really well. He's doing the same, but he doesn't have those signature big-time wins like Payne Manning used to. ESPN1420N.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break before we do – Signing day yesterday in a number of sports, early signing day, Rage of Cajun softball, dude. They uh, put together the top signing class in the country. I saw that. You can read more about it over at ESPN1420.com. Steve's had a lot of good info up there on that. Uh, Gary Broadhead squad, we we visited with Gary last week. They signed five players. Uh, Joe Charles out of Karen Crow signed with UL officially. Cajun Hoop signed a number of players. UL Baseball signed eight players. You can read more about each one over at ESPN1420.com. But um, I don't know, man. It's early signing day in November. A number of other sports, you know, some of your winter sports and spring sports and with everything happening in the world of sports and the Masters, which was supposed to start in about 15 minutes, and now that's delayed due to weather and college football moving things around. LSU, what a crazy week they've had. And it's like Miles Brennan, that that comes out. He's not going to play again this year. And it's like the fifth story on the LSU ticker this week. So uh, seven of eight SEC teams are involved in a postponement, uh, uh, involved in a postponement, have less than five positives, but 30 are quarantined for contact tracing. When can players test out like the NFL? That's something. Will the SEC try to move the goalposts? Levi Lewis last night said that he plans to come back for another year as quarterback of the Cajuns. We got a lot to dig into, guys. Don't go anywhere. It's Scott Prather, Norman Locke, ESPN 1420.com. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back into the great Scott show. Scott Prath and Norman Locke. Phone lines are open for you guys if you want to jump in. 269-1077 this morning. You can tweet the show at ESPN1420. Levi Lewis last mm-hmm. night told uh, Tim Buckley and Kevin Foote that he's coming back. I... You know, a lot of players that we've asked this year about what they plan to do with the extra year of eligibility, I think one of them, maybe it was Tanner Wiggins, was like, no, I mean, I've been here six years. I think this is it for me. But, like, most of them, whether it's an underclassman or a senior, they're like, I'm not sure yet, you know. Um, hadn't We hadn't really got a chance to talk to Levi one-on-one since the uh, beginning of the season, and um, – he said, you know, he's he's already made the decision. He plans on coming back, playing next year. Levi played his freshman year under HUD, and I remember at the time, Norm, it was a little controversial, not for him, it was his decision, but like the fan base and us in the radio were like, 
you get a burn his red shirt, you know, he's been he's been kind of sitting back all year. And this was before the NCAA passed the rule that you could play in up to four games. Mm-hmm. So it was like as soon as he played, like, that's it. And he said, Look, I want to do it. I want the ball. I'm I'm graduating in four years. That's the plan. So, you know, insinuating I wouldn't even really want to stay here for that fifth year. Right. Now here we are. And as twenty twenty has played out. Every player in college sports essentially gets that extra year of eligibility if they want it. He wants it. He says he's coming back regardless of of a situation with Coach Napier, whether he's here next year or not, and he's a, a hot commodity, so you never know. He could be coaching somewhere else next year. It's a reality. you got to think about it. What do you make of Levi's decision, both for him and for the program? I think it's, it's, it's a great thing because we at least we know next season we have a veteran quarterback that the fan base loves, that we know what, what we are getting from each and every game. And then we know we can start the process of recruiting the eventual uh, heir to the Cajuns quarterback throne now that we know that we got Levi for another full season. You don't think the the, the player could potentially already be on the roster? Well, we just don't know. I just, you know, what I, if you are a good enough player, I would say you're not going to sit three years um, on the bench at the quarterback position. You're probably going to most likely try to transfer or you're going to get playing time. I don't know. But, see, it's it's different because if you're one of those players that's thinking about maybe leaving, it's not like you're losing a whole nother year of eligibility. Because now it's like you also have that extra year. But you're, you're losing a year of playing. And it's just like when you, uh, of all positions, I think the backup quarterback position is probably the most mentally tough. Uh, just because, you know, it's unless it's an injury, you probably, or the quarterback's doing really, really bad. You know every week that you probably won't get out there. Now, if you're the backup D lineman or running back or something like that, you you can you can get into the rotation, but it's like if you're the backup quarterback, it's either garbage time or injury type of situation. I yeah, uh, I I don't agree with you there in this regard because you're not. You're, like look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow sat behind a stout Ohio State quarterback a, room. There's a lot of quarterbacks to leave. I'm 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 not disagreeing with your point. In a normal year, I think this year is different in that you're not. Losing a year of playing time. If you like, you could, you first of all, how many guys have you seen transfer and not play? There's a lot of quarterbacks, lot. or there's a lot of quarterbacks that say, I'm leaving, and then no one even, I mean, Jordan Davis left and he didn't even, yeah, get that's a what call. I said. It's a lot. It's a lot. So if you're in a situation, it's one thing if it's like, look, I've only got a year of eligibility left. I don't, I want to play. Like, like Brooks Hack, he's like, I want to. I'm not going to play if I stay here. I want. I'm going to go to Northwestern State and play. This thing, you still have that year if you want it, and you're already in the program, and you have a leg up. But you're just sitting. I think that's. I think that's what we're different. Like but you I, could go I sit somewhere else. I under, or you can transfer and play immediately. That's that's the, that's no, how I'm looking at. It. I no guarantee that the eligibility aspect is cool. But if you sit and ride in that pine for another season, just for that next season of going to camp and maybe compete for the job. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Competition makes you better, I think. Sometimes. I think. Now, I think there are exceptions, and I think if you if you see the writing on the, the wall. quarterback position. I think, correct. I think if you see the writing on the wall and you realize, like, look, based on what they've recruited and where I'm right at right now, it's just not going to happen. If you got two good quarterbacks, but Scott, if, if you, you got like, no good quarterbacks. you like, I'm there? I'm there right now? If you got two good quarterbacks, you've got no good quarterbacks? That's true. Okay. They both can't play. Is that true just in college or like everywhere? 
I'm gonna say everywhere. I mean, if so you the got Saints t- didn't have any good quarterbacks last year. Two good quarterbacks. Yeah, they didn't have they didn't have any good quarterbacks last year. I mean, oh, oh, don't get me started. I could bring up some tweets in there. You, you see, you want to know? I don't, I, don't, I don't care what, what other. I'm asking you. You asking me? Oh, Teddy Bridgewater is an awesome quarterback. Yeah. So they had, so they had a good quarterback. I don't know. That's coming from me. Now, if you ask the majority of people, they was, oh man, you, I've seen some pretty bad stuff about Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> you could find anything on social media. I've seen some pretty bad stuff from the the New Orleans Saints fan base about Teddy Bridgewater. And the fact that they didn't want to resign him. How did he just, do against the Cowboys? It's last crazy. Year? It's crazy. He's doing great this year too. It's awesome. He's a good I loved his run last week on fourth down. <laughs> I mean, he went for it, man. They almost beat the Chiefs. They almost beat the Chiefs. Matt Rule was just like, I don't. I'm going for it every week. I don't care. He's using fake. But yes, they are. I I, I maintain what I said at the beginning of the year. They're a team that's in a in an early phase of a of a rebuild. That's not that that already had. A, they at least already had some concrete laid down. It wasn't like the house burnt down and they're rebuilding it. I think the house burnt down now with Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's supposed to come back this week, right? He's, no, I think he's done this. I think they ruled him out this week. Okay, but it, My point is, I, I never thought they were going to be a playoff team this year. I thought they were going to be like a four-win team. And I think they'll end up winning more than that. Because they're even though their record isn't great, they're, it seems like they're in every game, Norm. Yeah, um, it's not like I mean they're not they're not like the Jets. And granted, they almost won a game, but boy, the Jets are bad. I remember I told you Bill Belichick might might have was going to lose that game. I really think he wanted to lose that game. The Jets just couldn't win it enough. But I'm just like Belichick's smart. He's going to lose this. This yeah. game is going to get lost. If they if they if the Jets had won that game, and then it came down to a Week 17 game, and let's say the Jags won won a game at some point. And then suddenly they're playing each other, and the loser gets the number one overall pick. What would that game have looked like? Holy cow! I think it still could come. Uh, I don't see the Patriots winning probably another no, game. The Patriots are now three games better than the Jets halfway through the season and beat them. There is no way the Patriots are getting the number one overall pick. The Jets might actually win one game at some point because they've been in a couple of these. But between the Jets and the Jags, the Patriots have zero chance to get the number one pick. Yeah, zero. I mean throwing the Jags in there, yes. But I think that the Jags, even if they get in that top that top three pick, the Jags not picking a quarterback. So I think that's oh, if they, if they could pick Trevor Lawrence, they would absolutely pick Trevor. Lawrence. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. But I don't. Second. I just don't think that they are going to take Justin Fields. So which I, I will put them outside of the quarterback. Uh, oh no, man, sweet stakes. Minshew was Minshew has been replaced by. Did anyone? Yeah, what's this cat's name that played Luke last Fulton, week? I think. Oh. What's his? Is uh, it's Luke something? Lutton, Jake Lutton, Jake Lutton. You had the L and the J revert. Hey, Jake Lutton threw for three oh four last week in a touchdown. And they were so high on Nick Foles and high on Gardner Minshew came out with all this promotional gear for the mustaches, and now he's riding that pine. Jacksonville, like. David Garrard wasn't bad. <clears throat> I said he was. I didn't say he was good. <laughs> he wasn't bad. Brian Leftwich. Byron Leftwich was eh, he, he the had, slowest he, black he, quarterback he a, ever. He had a good season, but he, <laughs> no, his release was just too long. He was like, "You're not, you're not pitching. You're not Dontrell Willis. You're not <laughs> and pitching he a run. baseball." <laughs> I mean that 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 windup took so long. Really, I mean Mark Brunel is without question the best quarterback in the history of the franchise. We're talking prime Mark. Brunel. Right. 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 After that, it's probably Garrard. No, it's, I mean, it's Leftwich. You think Leftwich was better than Garrard? Yes. Garrard, Garrard beat him out. 
and won a playoff game. You know in what's funny? Pittsburgh. They both was the same person. No, Garay, Garay, Garay was quicker than than Leftwich. If you was sure. to if you was to just look glance at both no. of them. In pads no. on with the same number on. They're the same person. No, they're Scott. not, dude. They're they the same look, person. They do not look If alike. they got pads on and they both got the same number, they're the same person. I feel like it was just a split. It's like the little brother that didn't have the good gene. Garar, Garar, <laughs> who would that be? Leftwich? They'll be, yeah, Leftwich couldn't run. That's I why mean, I say Leftwich is the slowest. Garar, Garar could run a little bit when he needed to. That's he, why I say Leftwich. He, was, he, he took them to a playoff win in Pittsburgh. He beat out left. But, but, but what are we doing here? I'm sorry. We're, talking about the we're complaining about the old Jags. Jags quarterbacks. My point is. What was the running back they had before Maurice Jones drew? Uh, Fred, Fred, uh, Fred T- Taylor. Fred Taylor. Okay, yeah. For a long time. He was a yeah, running okay. back. He's probably the best player in the history of that franchise. Probably. Well, Tony Pacelli maybe. Jimmy Smith was pretty good. Jimmy Smith was good. Yeah. Those old Jags teams from the late Nate Natron Beans. That, uh, they were still bad. Late, ni- late 90s? No, they, put thir- they went 14-2 one year. They just couldn't beat the Titans. They oh. were actually really good. They they had a 14-win season, a 13-win season. They just they couldn't quite get to the Super Bowl. Now, it's weird that a team comes into the NFL as an expansion team, and they weren't great year one, but the best year of the entire franchise, with the exception of one season, is like years two, three, and four. Well, and then there, and then it's like, okay, now it's time to pay the piper. <laughs> and then they had that one good season where they're, uh, you know, a play away from going to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles, and then it just totally fell apart on them. I remember people was trying to say Blake Bortles. No, no, it was Blaine Gabbard over Cam Newton. Blaine Gabbard. It was Blaine Gabbard over Cam Newton. That was the draft talk. That was the spicy hot take. With with the Jags, I, I, I am. Contractually required to play this clip anytime they get brought up. They say they have the best draft in the entire NFL. Are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. One of my favorite viral videos. It sounds like the ever. I think that was like Johnny Depp in the oh, movie. Man. Like, where's she, the blow? She, <laughs> this woman did not look like Johnny Depp, but she'd probably done a little blow during her life at some point. <laughs> uh, the Masters, by the way, update for you guys in a weather delay due to lightning and uh, and rain. Where is the Masters located? Augusta, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. So it's raining in Georgia. Yeah, man. It's uh you you hear the I've never been I know a few people that have been they talk about how it lives up to the magic that is As, well, don't for, you gotta be golfers, quiet like golfers well it's gonna be really quiet <laughs> I'm sorry like, don't you gotta be quiet like it yes, lives up to the magic you have to be quiet the magic it's gonna be really quiet this year you because get to hear the birds chirping you do but then after <laughs> you know after someone hits it you can hear the you can hear the the audience. You can't. You can't have a cell. If you have, if they see you have, if you have a cell phone on the course, you're ejected from the premises immediately. Uh, golf sucks, <laughs> man. What? And then it's like seven hours. And the Masters. You can say what you want. They do pretty well. They what? do pretty well. Yeah, but year, I'm just saying they they, they're not they they're not promoting fans, the norm. Which is gonna be weird. <laughs> they're not. They're not promoting. They're not, they, they need a happy Gilmore out there for Norm to show up. Is yeah, that what they you're need. Saying? Yes, because I'm gonna say if you tell me. Norm, I got tickets to the Masters, but 
Got to leave your cell phone. We're gonna be out there for seven hours in a, in Augusta, Georgia. Give me your, give give me your pass. It's not a ticket. It's a pass. Give it to me. I'll take it. Uh, if you it. ever get it, give it to me. Okay. You can have it, Scott. All right. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Just so I can say I went. Um, I'm gonna get put out. I'm gonna go and get put out. They're like, no, I took a selfie with Tiger Woods. They see no cell phones. <laughs> ESP at fourteen twenty and dot com. Uh, a number of things to get into here. Um, uh, the SEC. Boy, this is a rough weekend, isn't it? SEC. Uh, How many of these games are they going to be able to make up? The commissioner, Greg Sankey, said, look, they have plans. They are shaken but not broken. Um, <laughs> says they have some plans to, to make some of these games up. It's the contact tracing that's just, again, because of Halloween parties and things like that, uh, you've got a number of positive tests within programs and then all these players were really in close contact with so many of the other players so a nationwide uptick in cases more time off with bye weeks but more than anything halloween parties i think the number one uh factor here i mean is this gonna my, happen my question is the better question i, I think is gonna happen but... you see so you think lsu and bama will play at some point oh that's season. the money that's the that's the money maker lsu's not missing that Okay. They're not going to miss. Go- what if they're two and eight and they have to go to Tuscaloosa to lose by? You, th- you don't think they're going to want to lo- miss that? What kind of money are they? Out. They're not making any money off of that. They're just getting. They're not, they're not. They're not missing out on that one. If, if the Florida game cannot happen, that Bama game is going to happen. But my question is, how do you even determine like a college football playoff system that that that's fair? You don't. Well, you just you, you did, stop right there. You just said that's fair. Yeah, forget about it. All right, now part two. Forget about it. How do you award like a Heisman or a Jim Thorpe award when you got players taking two weeks off sometime and they that, come back? That, and, that's a little more tricky. That's a little more tricky. Yeah, some players that played later in the season, then it's like okay, you know, if you're a SEC player, you played a harder schedule than. Uh, ACC or the Big Ten, then you know, do you you give them a little bit more nudge? Give it to, just give it to Travis each yet. Just give the just no, give no. The he Heisman. for sure needs it. Just give him the Heisman. Yeah, because give it to Trevor him. Lawrence. Now that he missed that game against it's Notre over. Dame, give it to each yet. Give it. Give, give it, it to, it to our guy from Jennings. That guy, J Town. He is so good. No, he's, he's he at, is so good. I mean, yes. when you. And he's going to be playing on Sundays, and I'm telling you, 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about you know the great players to come out of this area, the, some of the great athletes, and he might be the one we're saying, "Hey, you got a Heisman Trophy winner." Yeah, like, nah, like I, he, he, he reminds me of like LT, like he's he's he can do it all, and it's not like he's overly fast, or he's overly strong. It's like LT was like the perfect running back. Like when I think of running back, it, being perfect, like having like in today's NFL that versatility, right? Of what? Oh yeah, of being able to just do a little bit of everything. Do yeah, well, do everything well. Right. For some people, you might be a receiving back, or you might be a a power back, but it's like you really don't have backs that's gonna have gonna be in the top. Let's see, top ten in rushing and top ten receiving anymore. He is. I think Travis. I think Travis can beat that type. He. Yeah, I mean, give him the Heisman. Give, go ahead. Give, give it to him. We won't complain about that. Now, as far as the college football playoff, I mean, BYU could go undefeated. Cincinnati could go undefeated. Their quarterback's nice, too. And you're going you're gonna to maybe let Ohio State in there if they play, like, six games? And, and see, then that's Be- what I— Because it's Ohio State. Meanwhile, Indiana, who's in the same conference, could go 8-0, and they're not going to put them in because they're Indiana. Make no mistake. The Cages need to be in the Sugar Bowl, the too. Name, the name— <laughs> 
name recognition and what's the word I'm looking for? Privilege will be a big part of this college football playoff. And if you're looking for fair, it's not going to happen. There are going to be plenty of arguments as to why maybe some teams shouldn't be in there or should have a shot. And and I heard Feinbaum talking about this this morning on the uh, the show with Zubin, Keyshawn, and Jay Will. College football, he didn't use this, but I thought about it. They're kind of like baseball in that they're extremely slow to change. Like, extremely slow. It's like... How long did it take for a college football playoff to happen? How long did it take for the BCS to happen and then to alter that? Like the the beginning of the COVID outbreak back in March when you know sports was kind of shutting down in this country, they're talking to the college football playoff chairman. He's like, "Well, we're still set for Miami January 9th. We're not moving. We're going to do it." March Madness. Like they just in college football, if ever there was a year to be like, you know what? Why don't we have more teams in there? Why don't we do something different? Why don't we just have bowl games and then after that, you know, decide something else? Like, let's, let's, this is a year where we can be different. This is a year where we can be more inclusive. It's like, nope, we're going to do it because they got to have the Rose Bowl at 4 p.m. on New Year's Day in Pasadena. <laughs> and they have to have all these things because Cages why? need to be Because in why? It. Because, well, that's just how it's always been done, Norm. So they have to do it this way. And that that's why you're going to have some uh, very – Unfair. So if K if the Cajuns stay ranked, what bowl game do you think we can sneak into? The Cajuns will probably well, I mean it, it's it's gonna be a Sunbelt Bowl and it's probably gonna be on like Christmas Day or the day after, and I don't know how yeah, happy anyone's gonna be about no, it. Because think, the New Orleans bowl is like it's not I don't it's think the twenty third. But even if it does it's four days after the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. Mm. Four days after, or five, like, so you can't do that. And believe me, the, look, the Cajuns are going to win Saturday and they're going to win the West. So they're already going to have their ticket punched to that game. Right. You're probably going to be playing a bowl game like a week later. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, it's. I guess you want to be playing it rather than you don't. But, but yes, in so, terms of so like the Cajuns the could setup, possibly have App State, Coastal Carolina, then a bowl game. Yeah, all in the span of like a couple, Three, you know. Like 15 days? Well, the bowl game would be, I think, two weeks after the game against the app. Okay. The, the the app game, I think, is on the 4th, which is a Friday. The conference championship game is on the 19th of December. And it could possibly be at, at Cajun Field. That's three tough games. And then the students have to leave UL campus. I know athletes probably stay, but students have to leave the day before Thanksgiving. And it's like Cajun still got three, still got three games. They might, they might just be selling. They might, they might spend their whole holiday here. It, that's how I'm looking at it because <clears> the <throat> semester ends. They, you know, what's crazy, Scott? They have finals on a Saturday. Finals start next Saturday. It's been a long time since I took exams, Norm. On a Saturday, though, have you ever taken an exam on a Saturday? I don't know. Maybe it's been a long. It's been a long. I've blocked that part of my life out. I still have. I, I don't. I don't have dreams all that often, but I'll occasionally just have. That nightmare where, like, I'm back in school. Not like Ola. I mean, it could be grade school. It could be <laughs> high school. It could be college. For some reason, it's usually, like, middle school. But, like, it'll be – or college. And it'll just be like, wait, I, I didn't study for it. Am I going <laughs> to fail? What's going to happen? Or I'll be in a play again because you used to do a lot of theater. And it's like, wait. I, I didn't study. Wait, I, I, don't, I don't know my lines. Like, this is opening night. Like, what? I'm sure it just comes from stress in this job. But, like, whatever it is, when I wake up. I'm like both angry and relieved at the same time. Like that was the worst night of sleep I've had. 
I think that perfectly describes. But thank describes God, I don't have to fan. go. I don't have to go. That perfectly describes a Saints fan. Mm-hmm. What PTSD? You're right. No, angry yes. and relieved at the same time. It was not. Hey, let me tell you something. Sunday night, those don't come around often. There was no angry relief. That was just pure joy. Yeah. You, if you can't, there was some, there was some people like, oh, get over this one game. Like, look, you could try to rain on the parade. When these moments happen, if you're overthinking it or worried about anything other than enjoying this moment, you're doing it wrong. I mean, Saints fans enjoy two things in the in the entire NFL. Well, I'm gonna say three things in the entire NFL. They love beating Tom Brady or anything that has to do with the Tom Brady Jubilees competition. Two, they love watching Atlanta lose. And that's to anybody, that's to any facet. And then three, they hate NFL refs. That's just that's the three connotations. Those, are, those, are, those three just, things are very accurate. That's yeah, very is, true. You know, it's very true. They they love some other things as well, but those those three things are one hundred percent true. That gets Saints fans up in the morning. Like I, I watch. I'm like, but, okay. Like the other wins. I mean, you've been winning so many close games. It's like you're relieved, but it's stressful. That one on Sunday was just. This is the moment to just like. I, they they might lose in the first round of the playoffs. They might lose next week. Don't think about that right now. Just enjoy the moment. So what's better, this past win or watching Atlanta lose twice, two weeks in a row? This, this, this. Okay. The Atlanta thing's funny, but it's like, it is, it's unfolding. You're laughing. But like the one on Sunday, that's just. That's like that must be what heroin feels like, man. Because you just because I'm, I'm gonna like, say it's like I, I might have to go to rehab for this if I can bottle this up. Because the Cowboys are bad, but when I look over and I see you know Jason Garrett with the Giants, I'm look, I'm like, <laughs> and then I look over again and I see Carson Wentz with his hundred and twenty million dollar contract, look like Gardner Minshew. I'm just laughing, <laughs> and then I just you know go back in my my cage. The Atlanta thing, it's like it's like. You, you there's there's two separate things. It's just you, Atlanta's pain is like, you know, their tears are like PEDs for Saints fans. <laughs> and then it's like you want the Saints to win. And then when they play each other, it's like they come head to head. So, you know, you, you don't want to lose to Atlanta this year, dude. Speaking of how soft, oh, I know. how soft. Like you, you. Chris Sims is like a hundred percent. Him and soft. his son. No, that's his daddy. Him and his daddy be tripping. It's like, guys, you, you, you got to be kidding me here. Like yeah. you're taking yourself way too serious. Now Sims has been like, he got, he always he, got some wild takes. Yeah, like and and he's uh, he's never since he's been in the national media and he's not good at it. No, like they <laughs> they, they he and this other guy had one like two years ago where they were ripping on the Saints, but Saints fans. Sometimes, look, there are some fans that will get mad no matter what, even if it's accurate, and that's just fandom. Sometimes it's accurate, guys. Sims <clears> is <throat> not like they're throwing out they're throwing out like ideas that the stats don't back up at all. <laughs> so Saints fans have been letting him have it, and ever since then, he he clearly is butt hurt. Yeah, no, like, he is. But it's like okay, I expect that out of Chris Sims. Like I'm I'm just sick of it. He says. But like Mike Florio, bro. Like everybody you- picked. Like I don't know if you remember this, but I keep telling you, I keep telling people, when all of the national media unanimously pick a team that is just not like the Jets or the Dolphins or something like that. Dolphins are good now, bro. On, oh, I'm sorry. Bro. I know. I know. We yeah. have to train ourselves. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I know. <laughs> and and I'm like, okay, I watched it. What it was like three years ago. The national media across the board when the Saints played the Cowboys with us 2017, watched the entire world pick the Saints. Saints lose. The next year, 
The entire world picked the Cowboys. The whole entire national media picked the Cowboys. Cowboys lose. I saw it for Green Bay versus the Vikings. Everybody picked Green Bay unanimously. Vikings. I'm like, I'm from now on, every Sunday morning, I have to make sure to watch if there's any unanimous picks so I can pre-slander them because that team is going to lose. It's no unanimous picks. And if picks. you lose, it, look, you're in the national media. Like, you make picks. It's part of what you do. Like, don't don't take it that serious. I've never seen anyone. Like, don't be... take it that serious. You're a media member. You predict stuff. Anyone with a, with a half a brain's like, okay, it is what it is. But to like take your own opinion that serious is 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 pretty awful. You know, because uh, the Bucks. You, uh, everybody picked the Bucks, and right? I thought the Bucks was a pretty good pick. I don't know why y'all telling me y'all. Why are the Saints the fans? Why are their players giving me a hard time? I don't get it. I'm sick of it. Hell, we didn't play. The Buccaneers did, but we're the ones that get it. That's well, fine. I understand, but I can't wait to give it to the Saints the next time they they lose to the Falcons when they shouldn't. Yeah, I know. Well, it's the psyche of an NFL football player. Well, I don't understand the players tweeting at the show and doing all that. For one, like you weren't watching the pregame show. You were getting ready for a game, so you don't really know we picked them, okay? I mean, you just found out afterwards. And I understand players are going to use motivation, whatever, but this is not a motivational tactic. And I am. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just, I'm sick of it. And uh, hell, we I'm, didn't play. I'm sick of it. That's that Boston. Remember that, that's that guy showed you that voice? That's that voice. Chris, I mean, I expect this from Sims, but it's like there are people in the media, as you know, Norm, that they they're going to do that to get a reaction from a player because they know it's going to be good for their brand. Michael Thomas. I mean, whatever it might be. There are other members of the media that, like, their brand isn't saying outlandish things to get a reaction. They take themselves way too serious. And this is this is the latter here. That's what these guys are doing. And it's like, man, don't just just have, have fun with it, roll with it, whatever. Yeah, no, nah, I, I mean, I picked the Bucks to win. Nah, you don't see me in here like... I'm sick of it. I'm sick of <laughs> I'm the I'm tired of every time I do not pick the Saints to win, Saints fans are attacking me on social media. Well, so, Florio, Florio is the one that, that started pushing the, the Thomas trade rumors. He's also a guy that you might remember this, Norm, that a few years ago said Sean Payton will be the head coach in Dallas in 2020. Um, Sean Payton has publicly called him out a few times. Chris Sims has gotten it from Saints players. Are these guys just soft and not able to now, hold compartmentalize? On. Hold on. What if Chris got sources? What if Chris got sources? Chris Scott? Sims? Sources yeah, what about got, what? What if he got inside locker room sources? Remember when the Cowboys had sources come out talking Who's, about the coach? What if, what if he had Sources about what? Huh? Sources about what? Talking bad about the coaching staff. What if what if Chris got what? sources that did, did Michael he say Thomas something bad about the coaching staff? Chris Sims didn't report any of this. I'm talking about Florio. Oh, I'm sorry, Florio. What if Florio had sources? Oh, I'm sure he did. That Michael Thomas wanted to get traded. I'm sure he did. I'm, I'm just saying. What if he had sources? I don't believe them sources. Michael Thomas <laughs> may have. Well, if you remember, the whole thing unfolded as Florio reporting at first, and we when we talked about this. There is speculation out there that some teams would be willing to possibly trade for Michael Thomas, which that was the first thing he said. Right. So that wasn't a story, but but that's the just head, talking. The headline grab, and then later it was their people in Thomas's camp exploring the idea of hopefully getting someone to make an offer, um, and we both said, look, there could be something there. 
So yeah, I'll I'll give him credit on that. But getting back to our original point about this, I'm gonna say it was zero percent chance that there was trading Michael Thomas. Oh, I I hundred percent agree. The Saints were never gonna do it. Um, now Alvin, are they taking themselves too serious? Florio and Sims, <sighs> way too serious. Especially like in this day and age of the internet, like get off the internet, old men. If you can't take it, if you don't understand Twitter, old men, get off Chris Twitter. Sims is like. If you don't age, understand I mean, it, he's not old. Hey, come on! I had a, I had a tweet go viral over the weekend. You, you don't did, think you I did. National accounts were stealing my tweet verbatim and using it as their own. I was like, Scott has been hanging around me. Too there were national long. accounts that just straight up stole it, like wrote ver- verbatim and the video. That's how Twitter works. Thieves, <laughs> thieves. Jermon Bushrod liked that tweet. I saw him. He was like, "I'm crying, laughing right now in my bed." I was like, "Awesome." I like that. Uh, 269-1077. Let's take one more. Let's take a quick phone call before we uh, wrap up this hour. Welcome into the show. Hello. Hang on one second. I'm sorry. Let's try this again. All right, go ahead. You're on the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up? Uh, Scott, you know me. Uh, I I make no bones about it. I am the ultimate homer when it comes to the Cajuns and the Saints. You know me. Um, You know, and all due respect to the two of you and all the guys out there in uh, sports media market, Look, you know what? If not for the sports, and if not for us, you know, sports journalism really doesn't exist. So if you guys are going to get out there and, and literally talk smack about the home team, don't be such a snowflake when the home team fans come up and really just smack you upside the head with it. I mean, you know, it, it amazes me that they're really going to get out there. Just, you know, take your crow. Eat your crow. I was wrong. Didn't know what I was talking about. Drew Brees was Tom Brady's daddy for the day. Uh, Dennis Allen called an incredible game that Tampa Bay could, that Tom Brady didn't have a chance with. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Peyton called an incredible offensive game plan that there was apparently there was only one player in, in, on Tampa Bay's roster and their coaching staff that could figure out what was going on. Who was the linebacker that sat there the whole time? We only have 10 players on the field. We only have nine players on the field. That's not my fault. That's not the Saints fans' fault. That's not the Saints. It's Tampa Bay's fault. And then when you sit there and and you spend the entire week slamming an entire fan base and and, and a team, oh, Tampa Bay's going to go. Y'all were the ones that anointed Tampa Bay. And when I say y'all, not y'all. The national media was were the ones that anointed Tampa Bay as the Super Bowl champs, or at least the NFL representative in in in, uh, in the Super Bowl. Don't point the finger back at me. When I'm just going to go ahead and gloat a little bit because, well, to be honest with you, y'all look like fools. As far as Chris Sims goes, look, you know what, dude? How you ended up on national journalism? I don't get it. If you're not for your daddy writing a million dollar check to the Texas Athletic Foundation, you don't even start. Major Applewhite, if I'm not correct, would have been would have been he, he was a better. He was a better player at Texas than Chris Sims, yes. You know, and, and, and if daddy doesn't write a million-dollar check to the, uh, to the Texas Athletic Foundation, who is Chris Sims? <laughs> Chris, you know, Sim- so Chris like Sims, I, I, I have to say it. I have to say it, and it's going to sound like <laughs> I'm taking up for him. Uh-oh. But he did do one thing that, I, that, that proved that at least as a player he was freaking tough. Now, He's soft as, 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 as toilet paper when it comes to being an analyst, and he's not good at it either. But the dude spleen ruptured in a game, and he stayed in the game and took a few hits and scored a touchdown. Like, he could have died. So 
I'll I'll give him that, but um, but as a as an analyst, uh, no man. The only thing that no. burst is his ego and his uh, you know, in his yeah, in his, like his self esteem. Because I mean, all it takes is like apparently a player being like, "Hey, bro, you know, how does this taste?" And he's sitting there saying, "I'm sick of it." You know, like I said, you know, these cats, if they were actual NFL players, if they actually had done it, they would be Julio Jones. You know, like you said, softer than toilet paper. They would be missing games on a weekly basis because of a, because of a hangnail. And, you know, we see Julio Jones Risk. everywhere. Well, he's not going to play the second half because, well, you know, his toenail was... Julio caught a stray right That's quick. That's what these guys are. Hey, come on, he's a Saints fan, Norm. You know it. Yeah, got to get the shot into Julio, the Falcons. Julio, I love it, man. Appreciate the call. Julio like, ca- caught a straight right quick. Julio will be a Hall of Fame Like He caught a stray. I can't... Of all the, like I said, of all the Atlanta oh, players... Right now on that roster, Julio the only one I can I can I'm I'm with you. I'm just I'm sick of it. Julio the only one I can rock with. I'm with you. I'm just I'm sick of it. And Julio needs to leave. I'm with you. I'm just I'm sick of it. And That's what he's saying. That's the verbal meme for Julio. Yeah, I'm I, sick of it. I need I need Julio to leave Atlanta. It's like the, but see he's a the the, the 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 last caller's point. These guys have now at least in Saints country, mm-hmm. gone viral with this. Yeah, it's not like it's not like anyone in like Oklahoma is like. Did you see how soft Florio and Sims were? No one's doing that. And really, it's just Saints fans, right? Yeah. Like if you, I mean, you're a Cowboys fan, but if you didn't live down here, if you lived in in St. Louis, you probably wouldn't be. You you you, you might never even seen or heard it. Like yeah. I don't I don't watch either of those. I've never watched Chris Sims on TV. And no. I'm like I need this is nobody watches it. This is appointment viewing right here. The only time I've and and and, and again, it, what network is he on? Maybe that's I think he, he does stuff for NBC. Okay. Maybe that's me being unfair because the only time I've ever seen him as an analyst is when he goes viral because of hot ridiculous take. things he said about the Saints and fans calling him out for it and being like, "Well, actually, no, man. There's like this this is inaccurate and you're Right here, this stat is inaccurate. Oh, and you also were wrong on this one. And then after the fact, giving him grief. Maybe he actually has done something good. I doubt it, but I would never see it. I only see the stuff that goes viral. And therein lies kind of where we're at now with sports media. It's like, how do you get noticed? Well, they're kind of getting rewarded for being soft because otherwise no one really would have noticed. Yeah. So that encourages others in the medium, whether they're being sincere or not, to try to go viral for possibly a god-awful reaction to just simply being wrong over, over a prediction? I'm going to say that's the biggest problem right now in sports media is you got the uh, what uh, Emory Hunt calls them the chatty patties mm-hmm. who spew sources of drama and mess but never the hardcore facts. Um, then you have the, the headline grabbers, the clickbaiters. You know, Drew Brees, could Drew Brees... Play for the Patriots. Well, I mean, no, but I mean, if you want to just be about a book, yes. Yeah. But, uh, Will but, Zion be traded? Yeah, uh, no, he's got he's on a rookie deal. Let's uh, take a look. Yeah. If we were to trade Michael Thomas, the teams that would have the cap space, like, like, okay, we could do that for literally anybody. But is those people? Then you got the people who just report the regular facts, and I, I want to say, unfortunately, ESPN is about to lay off. A ton of them. 300. Yeah. And some of those are just doing the job the right way, but the, is the right way. I knew a producer for um, the Golick and Wingo show, obviously, is is, is going on, but he's been there 20 years, and he's part of the 300 people 
They got laid off. 20 years. 20 years. Made 20 this year, 2020. God, dog, man. Yes. Heart goes out to him. Honestly, I mean that. I mean that. Yeah. ESPN1420.com. All right, 269-1077. We're going to compartmentalize a couple of breaks this hour, so we'll have, uh, we'll have some longer ones. Uh, in the meantime... Two six nine ten seventy seven. Let's head to the phone lines. It's hour number two of the Great Scott Show. Welcome in. Hello. Hey Scott, how you doing? Good. How are you? This is John. Hey, I had I had heard that uh, the softball team was going to sign the number one recruiting class in the country, including uh, the number four player in the country who's a pitcher from Texas. Have you seen anything, or can you find anything? You go, go look, and, look. You got the ESPN fourteen twenty app. Yeah. All right, go on there. You're going to find the story. Everything is there. Uh, Samantha Landry signed. Yes, she signed. Right. Uh, you've got uh, the, a whole rundown on every single player of the top ranked softball recruiting class in the country, and Jerry Glasgow and his squad just getting it done. All right. Thanks so much. You got it, man. And we, we covered that a little earlier, but of course we have a lot of roster, a lot of roster, a lot of listener turnover throughout the morning. So uh, yeah, all the signing classes for softball, baseball, basketball, uh, it's all up there for you over at uh, at ESPN fourteen twenty. I think on women's basketball as well. But yeah, you're you're thinking of uh, Samantha Landry, and um, I mean she's she throws like about seventy. You want to go try to hit off of her? No, not me. No. I'm scared of baseballs and softballs. Dude, me, shoot. I don't know if you saw that video of me against Jordan Wallace years ago, <laughs> but I don't want to get anywhere near that thing, bro. Nowhere near it. ESPN1420.com. Good morning. Hello. Yeah, good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I was listening to one of the callers, I guess a few callers ago, maybe a couple of callers ago, talked about Julio Jones, and I'm not defending the Falcons, but I'm defending the injury complaining about uh, uh, injury to his big toe. Have you or any one of you ever tried to perform, walk, or run when you injure your big toe? It's horrible. Turf toe is horrible. I'm I'm, I'm dealing with an injury right now. Gutting it out every day as a father. I'm a man. I have a a giant thing on my toe right now. I'm just messing. Listen, it is practically impossible. Okay. I've had an injury to the big toe, and I'm telling you, bro, without that, you have no support there. That big toe is there for a reason. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey I, 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 I don't like where this is going. You're defending Julio. I have to remind folks to Chris Sims once stayed in a game after his spleen got ruptured. So, yeah, I, I, this is taking it. This is taking a dark turn, man. We got We got to get away from from defending these uh, these guys. <laughs> hey, 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 there's nothing wrong with Julio. You know, like I say, you may not like the Falcons, but you defend the person, not the team. You hear that all the time. You know, I'm defending the injury. The injury is There serious, you go. That's right? how you word it. I'm defending the injury. I like that right. wording. That's good. You know, I'm defending the injury. Has had that injury you That's know, right. And it's amazing how, but, it, but, but it's also amazing how the sports fan thinks that, oh, I could play with that injury. Why doesn't he? Really? Really? <laughs> That's the one thing that kills me about sports fans. Sports fans, they can all play with these injuries. Y'all, you twisted your knee, no big deal. Get out there and play. You know, broken arm, no big deal. You know, ruptured spleen, no big deal. Get out uh, there. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, look, he's kind of extreme <laughs> no, there. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I've never met a sports fan in my life that said, man, I've, I've had a broken arm. I'd go play running back. I've never met anybody that's ever said that. Ever. But but you know where I'm going with that. I mean, no, but you, I get where you're coming from, but you're, you're like taking it to the extreme. Like, I think to your point, it's some of the injuries that like you're not as – well versed in like you you know you it, you might hear something about a finger or a toe and not you know not think it's as big a deal when in reality it's like well you know it might have to be amputated if this happens you know what i mean like it's it's some of the injuries that just aren't as common amongst your everyday man or woman if that makes sense now you're talking about the sports media hey sports media is a reflection of society you know Without the, the, the guys, make, you know, they, they come up with these different scenarios. You talk about trade scenarios or clickbait and this and that. Without the, the listening public or the viewing public um, accepting it, they wouldn't do it. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's a result of an oversaturated marketplace, and and that's the, the bottom line. That is the bottom. You line. know, years but, ago, you know, years point. ago, if you, you know, shoot, twenty years ago, if you were a host on Sports Center. I mean, you were you were world famous. Yeah, you were world. Yeah. You're literally a celebrity, and all you did was go on the news. You'd read. You might have a catchphrase or two, and that was it. And that was a really big deal. Twenty years later, it's like I'm, I'm, you got a thousand followers and somebody in a could podcast. be on Sports Center, and it's like I don't know who they are. Like I don't, I, bunch, I, you know, a bunch folk, of people. On there's just so many different places people can go to get specifically what they want, and as a result, to stand out from the crowd. You know, you've 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 basically developed into talking head, hot take central, which can work, in my opinion, if it's based in reality. But a lot of times it isn't. So I don't watch it, but a lot of people do and react, and therefore it just keeps growing, and that's where it's going. Unfortunately, but that's where it's going. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're right, but it, it's it's the society we live in. You know, there are so much more different avenues for people to catch whatever. You know. On whatever team, you can't be a homer all the time. You know, you can root for, you can report on your local team, you can root for the local team that you report on, but you gotta have some, some be against them every now and then, or speak poorly about them every now and then. You can't be a homer all of the time. Hey, look, you can't, you can't if it's. <laughs> If your team's getting peed on, you can't come on the radio and tell everybody it's just raining. They're, you know, <laughs> the fans know better. Yeah, they, they know better, but they don't expect you to pee on them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. They, they know better, but they don't expect you to pee on them. You're like, well, man, you don't have to talk. You don't have to speak for about them all the time like that. It's just life, bro. Nah, every now and then you get peed on in life. It is what it is. Me- metaphorically speaking, yes. yes. Uh, exactly. Yes. Have a good one. Thanks. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm just... I'm sick of it. All right, let's keep it rolling. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Hello. Yeah, it was a great call, man. I know, I know where he was coming from, um, and the, and I want to. And the reason it's all about money uh, to the last caller. It's jealousy. Some of you guys make millions, and you know that, that's what it is, man. It's jealousy. Um, because of that, you think Tampa Bay fans? You think they were up were uh, upset? <laughs> At Pierre Paul for dropping that interception, you think they were like, "Shouldn't be playing with firecrackers?" Because man, that that ball was like. Man, right they had a man. bunch of tweets. Like there right. were a lot of jokes. There, was a lot there of were a lot of jokes. jokes. A lot, a of, lot jokes. of jokes about he would have caught that one if he had, you know, hadn't played with firecrackers. 
Uh, I'm sure, yes. That comment was that comment made, yes, probably by yes. millions of yeah. people, not just Bucks fans, but yeah. And that's understandable in a, in a sense, you know. Um, <laughs> don't play, don't play with uh, play dynamite, bro. Don't do it, man. Do it. What it? What a sick athlete he is. Considering, dude had his his fingers blown off, and he's still like playing at a high level in the NFL. Well, I had we had a teammate who was missing his uh, ring finger and middle finger, and he played right guard next to Trey Turner, and he ended up going to LSU and playing for LSU. Jonah Austin, man, shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. This was all he had. Oh, so he constantly was basically saying "Go UL, Go UL." Yeah. Basically, and constantly would lift like three hundred pounds. Holy like cow! This. That's wild, like man. that's why I said it's it's really wild. It's wild. It, only only three fingers. My son just learned about Jim Abbott, and he was like fascinated. You don't know who Jim Abbott is? Do I don't. You know? Your son knows. But our hey. listener, our listener knows about Jim <laughs> Abbott. He like couldn't. I was taking him to a t-ball game, and I was talking to him, and he asked something. He's like, "Daddy, what if like I didn't have a hand?" And I was like, "You could still play." And I started talking about Jim Abbott, and he's like, "Can I see a picture? Like, how did he do it?" I mean, that look up when you get some time, Norm. Look up Jim Abbott. I mean, you talk about as what, what a stuff. He played think, in the pros. Uh, he played. Oh, he played in the pros. He, yeah. We're yeah. talking no hitters. We're talking about a great player. And he had one hand. pitcher, Average. one hand. So did he have a nub? Or yeah. Was it, oh, yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Hey, when he pitched, you know how he used to switch like real quick, like yeah. Know? He would switch. He would switch to. He would hold the, the the glove on his nub, and after he'd pitch, every time he would quickly throw it on his hand, and he would throw the ball if he needed to, like throw it to first. He, you know, for like a a, a he would, he throw with his hand. I mean, with his glove. He throw the ball with his glove. That's crazy. And he played at like the highest level and was really, really good. Man, Stud. Stud. Yeah. Shout, shout out, out Jim Abbott. Didn't think we'd talk about Jim Abbott this morning, but thanks to Jason Pierre Paul, we have. Yeah. What was the <laughs> kicker to St. Ted, too? Didn't he have like a half a foot? Tom Dempsey, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't know if you heard me. Threw a no hitter. I mean, Jim I'm Abbott threw a no hitter with, with one hand. If I'm not, but I could be off, man. I think it was 92. Nah, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Don't do it. A pitcher only needs one hand. No, they don't. Now, if he was a slugger, if he hit a home run with one hand. He, I... he had to bat some. He had to bat some. Okay. He had to bat some. He didn't spend his entire, you know, career in the um, American League. But, no, nah, dude, absolute stud. Absolute stud. Easy, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, dude. Don't you dare. Yeah, uh, Jim Abbott, no hitter. Amazing. Threw a no hitter for the Yankees in 93. Ooh. Thanks for reminding me of that, Jay. All right, let's head back to the phone lines, 269-1077. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Hey, Scott, I caught a phrase you used a minute ago, oversaturated sports media, and I think that's re- uh, re- causing something that, coming in sports that I'm maybe the only one to do, and that is people caring less and less about national sports and only about their own team. I think that was reflected in the uh, in the NBA playoffs where the ratings were so bad because no, nobody cares about the Lakers and having, you know, where they bought a team basically. And um, I don't know if you see that coming, but you know, it's become, sports is becoming like baseball. People follow their own team and that's it. The only thing that's stopping the NFL from doing that is the gambling. So uh, and uh, Tim Brando, had some, if you don't know, follow him on Twitter, he's saying some of the stuff with the playoffs is causing that same thing to happen. Well, so I don't know what that's uh, yeah, like the future uh, sports, but it's going to become more tribal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, 
There's a couple things. The oversaturation also has given many fan bases an outlet to only consume their own teams, right? Correct. Like, 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 yeah, like, so that's another thing. Again, you know, let's just go back 20 years ago or to the 90s. I mean, you know, go back, I'll go back to like the late 80s, early 90s. I'm going to stay up to watch primetime at six o'clock. And make sure I'm at my, you know, in my parents' room where the one cable TV is because I want to see Berman and Tom Jackson because I got to see the the Saints highlights because I did, I watched the game I haven't seen any highlights at all That's I can't I can't go anywhere to see it I have an I remember in my mind what happened but I I want to see it again you just stay there you stay sit through commercials. You know, Sports Center teases, and they play the same thing every hour. Right, right. You watch it. Well, Sports Center, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like you, you sit there and watch Sports Center. You see one highlight, like oh my gosh, there was this crazy dunk. Like who had the dunk? Oh man, I got, I got to see that. You know, oh dude, I mean, you know, uh, you, you, USL, they're playing UMass. Holy cow, UMass top. Man, I'm gonna go to the game, and guess what? As soon as I get home, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna wait in front of the TV until I see the. 30 seconds of highlights or a minute of highlights and see uh, the Cajun Dome, right, Mike? It's like it was – and so, yes, some teams got covered a little more nationally and you just you kind of cared about the total package because you got the total package and now you can just go get exactly what you want, you know, in various versions, if you will. It might be a fan blog. It might be a talk show. It might be a podcast, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I – think and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it, I think for, for fans, they're getting it. I think the negative of the oversaturization is, from a national standpoint, the let's just create friction or stories when they aren't really there. Yeah, that's right. The when they do that because they, they know people aren't interested in their own team, so you got to create something that's controversial to get people off of their own teams. And it's not all good. I remember talking to the former USL like director, Nelson Sexton, going back even to the 80s. And when, when college football um, associations, or whatever it was called, and said, the, this is going to cause, when you get out of the top 20 teams in America, all the saturation on television, in-person attendance to drop dramatically. And he was a prophet. <laughs> you know, people follow their own teams, but they don't have to go to the games and put off money. You can just you know, pay $5 a month and watch your own team on ESPN Plus. And it's sort of reflective of what's happening in politics, too. You just watch Fox if you're conservative. You watch MSNBC, you know, not to get off things, but that's happening today. You basically you just reinforce your own beliefs by just following the people who agree with you. That's in, in that's, and, and and that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So interesting take. I just wanted to throw my uh, observations on there about the tribalism coming in sports and it's going to get worse. So we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks. I mean, tribalism's always been there, right? I mean, fandom's always been there, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's, like you say, it's it's kind of like. I don't want to say I blame Bleacher Report, but it's like a bunch of these um, mass sporting report sites or Instagram pages and blogs, they all just need content, and they're trying to be the fastest provider of content. So they sign a bunch of interns, a bunch of writers who just giving out hot takes because once that notification comes to your phone, you're going to click it. And and I don't understand why this is going to come off bad. Maybe it's because I've followed I, I use the Saints as an example a lot because it because I relate to it. But like I knew my team. So when a friend of mine put something on social media twelve years ago that Bleacher Report wrote about the Saints and it's some like list, like top six or whatever, and it's just filled with 
erroneous data. I mean, literally, like, this isn't true. Not just a bad opinion. Not just like John Forque was the best Saints quarterback ever, and here's why. Okay, well, that's not true, but let's see your ridiculous. Like, literally just stats that are wrong or things about a player that, like, no, that actually never happened. And I'm like, what is this? And you look in the comment section, there's a few people being like, this is dumb, this isn't wrong. And then the writers, just some kid that's never been in Louisiana in his life, <laughs> Ever. it's like, well, uh, the Saints website said this. And it's like, guys, like, it, it's this. I remember that. I remember, I vividly remember 12 years ago. And so I never really did the Bleacher Report thing because I was like, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. And yet I had a lot of friends that just, they they weren't, as well versed as I was, perhaps they just kind of like the team. Casual watched team. Yeah, and they just they were like anything is content, so I'll click it. And and I think I think you nailed it, Norm. I think that was really the start of. Let's just get this, get the clicks, and move on. And now here we are in 2020, and you know people talk about false information a lot in the news. There's a lot of it in sports too. Man, you go straight to Bleacher Report. Like you click on your favorite team on a Bleacher Report app, you're gonna see. 10 to 15 articles that was written over the past three days. And I'm going to say 50% of it don't got nothing to do with anything that you really want to read about. Like, I remember like in the early days of AD, long before, before the 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 he's going to want out even started. I mean, we're talking maybe like, I think it was, it was after his rookie year. Okay, His rookie year he played for the Hornets. He's got four years left on a rookie deal. At that point, the way the, 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 the cap was set up with restricted free agency, you're like, all right, you got at least seven years with him. And it turns out that's what happened. But we're talking after year one, and a friend of mine sends me this article because they, for some reason, they text me this stuff that I don't want to read. But yeah. it says like, AD couldn't believe like the the most likely reason AD will start seeking a trade immediately. I'm like, the hell is this? You know, like did something? What happened today? You know, so like an idiot, I clicked on it, and it was the day the the Pelicans had the runway show to unveil their new uniforms <laughs> and uh, some you know on social media people were like these are kind of bland that was the article it was like ad must hate these he's gonna want out i'm like this had like the like i i i responded to my friend i'm like i i i, I told him something that i can't say on the air because it's foul language but i was just like i just gave a click to that garbage yes that's how i'll be feeling i'll be I be telling my friends, I'm like, listen, the way we beat this is we don't consume it. We don't click it. We don't talk about it. When they, when they, when you, you see it, scroll past it. Scroll past it. Is that, I know it hurts. I know it, I know you want to see why Drew Brees <laughs> could leave the Saints and play for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, look, somebody took an image that they probably don't own the rights to and put them in a Vikings uniform <laughs> just to get you to click this garbage. Like, what? You know, Dak Prescott, what is his chances that he resigns with the Saints after Drew Brees retires and then put a picture in him? Or you put Julio Jones there in is the none. There, that, That's how yeah, the articles like, usually start. There is no indication that this is happening. But due to speculation from our sources. But they might know some of these, some of these bleach reportings don't even do sources. No. It's just, you know, somebody, somebody. Pro football focus. <laughs> like they love to throw PFF PFF's in rating is this. It's like, okay, but what does that have to do with your point that Prescott is somehow going to be somewhere else? Like, what does that have to do with it? And Nothing. Then, it's just it's just your... Uh, and then, know. like you said, your friend sitting, like, uh, the all the stuff about the Rockets was coming out yesterday. And I was, like, I was talking to my friends, and I'm like, you know, uh, I think that the best thing Houston can do is blow it up. Like, I mean, that's... I mean, obviously, you could trade 
Russell Westbrook for, I mean, you're not going to get a superstar in return for him. You already traded a superstar for him. I, I don't see you getting another superstar. Blow it up. Friend sends me this article from like 123sports.com, basically mapping out how like uh, Drew Holiday is going to be in a four-way team. I'm like, bro, how many four-way team trades happens? There used to be a lot more. And I'm saying, yeah, recent history. And I'm like, so you honestly think a four-way trade for Russell Westbrook to the Suns or, you know, some crazy, like, one, I'm, I apologize. I should have read 123media.com, and I should have just left it there. <laughs> like, that's this. if it ain't NBA.com, if it ain't a, a published If it's not Woj or Shams or... Oh, uh, Chris uh, Broussard, not Chris Broussard. Um, Scoop Jackson or uh, for Yahoo, Mark Stein. I don't know. Chris. Uh, oh, Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes. Yeah. If it ain't if it ain't those guys talking NBA, if even if it's Kendrick Perkins, I'll tread lightly. Oh, yeah. you know, no, to tread lightly. No, don't, no, <laughs> don't get in the water, bro. <laughs> and it's like he played in the NBA. Perk Perk per is the Perk is like perfect for like the first take hot take thing because oh, it's he, like he, oh man he's gonna he's he used to play but he's still gonna just say the things that like we would say <laughs> you know what i mean and that's why that's why i gotta take it with a, a grain of salt with kendrick because it's like i appreciate his commentary because he did play but he get out there and say see some wild things right behind it like yeah you know kevin durant's best all-around scorer but he can't score Perkins, what are you talking about? Like, you just say he was the best all-around scorer, but he can't score. Yeah, but I, I told him he doesn't, he doesn't even belong there. He's, he's, he saw what you know. He called me when he was with Golden. You know, right before the trade, he called me. He was like, Kendrick, I'm leaving. I was like, No, oh, KD, don't leave. You're like, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> Twenty-six after the hour, ESPN fourteen twenty. Well, we've learned a lot. We've talked about the state of sports media. Norman learned about the great Jim Abbott. Yes, I did. Cajuns are playing South Alabama Saturday. And they're ranked. They can lock up the Sunbelt West Division with a win. Lock it in. Steve Campbell, the Jaguars head coach, says, quote, I told the guys in the locker room that of the five teams in our division, only one has one conference loss, and we play them next week. If we can go on the road and beat Louisiana, we'll own the tiebreaker over them we still control our own destiny. He's not wrong. He's not. But they're a 15.5-point underdog right now. Now, for what it's worth, the Cajuns are 2-5 and five against the spread this year. Now, many people don't care about the spread unless they bet. They just care about the wins, and the Cajuns only have one loss. The Cajuns are at home. The Cajuns are a better team. You know the Cajuns love to play down to I the I mean, well, they they just they 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 in the first half offensively, Norm. It's like they they're they're this whole scripted play like offensively in the first half or in the first quarter at least, they have not been good this year. No. When it comes to second half adjustments, they're one of the best teams in the country. I mean, there have been five games this year where they trailed, I think it happened, they won. Yeah. And they've only played six games total. So that like the 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 adjustment thing is it's one hundred percent legit, but what's the issue in terms of just not being able to come out and just click right out the gate? I still haven't been able to put my finger on it. Um, I don't know, but like you said, second half, Levi Lewis is a completely different quarterback than first half. 
and I don't, I, I really can't put my finger on. I know sometimes it'd be, a, you know, could a, could the ball placement have been a little better? Could the receivers had it, it hit their hands? Could have caught the ball, but I don't know, Scott. Like this, for the first half of these games would be pretty ugly. In the second half, explosion. 28 points. I mean, you, you try the <laughs> jet sweep to Fleming at the end of the first half on fourth and goal. It fails. You have zero points. And then the first drive of the second half is four plays, touchdown. Levi turns on the Jets and scores. And then you're up and running, but the game ends up being close because of the – if they have a game where they come out and the offense is clicking right out the gate, they'll, they'll, they can win by four touchdowns. No, right. Honestly. 100%. I mean, if, if, if they can have a game like that, so – Anxious to see how that thing starts. All right, lines are lit up. Uh, folks wanting to get in on the show. we got to hit up a break. We'll come back after this. Open phone lines at 269-1077. More on the world of um, sports media. It's various takes on that. Inspired today somehow by Chris Florio and uh, and this guy. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just I'm sick of it. On ESPN1420 and .com. And ESPN1420.com, welcome back into the show from the Roof in Louisiana ESPN 1420 studio. I'm Scott Prather. That is Norman Locke. Your weather forecast today from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips. High of 80. It's sunny tonight. Clear low of 55. It's not raining here. It is raining in Augusta. The Masters, which was supposed to get underway about an hour ago, has not started yet due to rain and lightning. All right. Lines lit up. Couple guys have been waiting on hold for a while, including Kyle. Welcome into the show, Kyle. Good morning. Well, good morning to you. How are you? Um, I was waiting around Sunday morning. I woke up early, was peeling <laughs> shrimp from my gumbo, and was waiting for something to come on that never came on. See, what had happened was the aliens huh? tried to stop me. From talking my stuff, and they shut down the station momentarily. But I got it all together. We got the aliens out of the studio, and we back on track. Just watch out for them UFOs. Oh, you gonna be say again? Watch he'll be, out. He'll be on Sunday still? morning. He'll be on Sunday morning. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Norman, did you get to see the game Sunday night? Yes, I did. Now, what did you think about that? I think the Saints opened up a can of whoop whoop butt on the on the Bucks from start to finish. That is what a real professional football team looks like, Norman. I just oh, want to let you know that. Oh, and, you know, let you know that I missed you Sunday. I mean, I was How there. About this, I, I, was, yeah! I was I was I was there, radio in hand. Eight o'clock hour passed. I didn't hear you. Nine o'clock hour passed. I was looking for you. I didn't hear you. I was like. I, I didn't know what happened, man. I'm glad everybody's worried. Scott had the, the but, National Guard at my door. I was worried about <laughs> you, man. I was worried about you. Where's Norman? Yeah. So, so anyway, I'm glad you. I'm glad you're alive still. I didn't know if the Corona had got here or what. But you promise you're gonna be there Sunday morning. I'm gonna so be here Sunday. Early, I mean, if I make a point to get up early to, to listen to your show, you will be there to host. I'm going to be there bright and early. We don't got no LSU to fuss about because obviously they didn't play this week. So Hey, well, well, no, it's, look, I, I'm all about it, okay? I'm, I'm, LSU is now, if, if, if they don't play Saturday, 
they will have beaten Alabama two years in a row. It'll be the first time we have a winning streak against them in a long time. So I'm going to claim a victory on that. All right, I'm gonna, I'm One year gonna, in a row, <laughs> consecutively in a row. <laughs> I'm going to take I'm going to take the game from last year and I'm going to replay it Saturday in that time slot. And hey, I'm good with two wins in a row. Here's what I want. Right. I, I, I mean, we're going to get a, a, a full hey, oh, we're going to get a full Cajun breakdown from Norman. He's going to do a lot of NFL talk, and I want a Masters update from Norman on Sunday morning. I want to see how he pulls that off. What's What's the hey, guy that Trump covers the Masters? He's funny. If Trump can win the election by getting six, five, six million less votes. I can watch LSU beat Alabama this year by watching last year's game. Okay, <laughs> that's my that's my alternate form of reality. Y'all have a good morning later. Yes, yeah, okay. What's, uh, if Jim Abbott can throw a no hitter without his hand, Norman can be here every Sunday morning at eight a.m. He again. I need to see the homer though. I need to see the home. If you you have never trolled more. (laughs) I need to see the I need to see the homer. Like uh, I'm sorry. The guy was uh, stop it. I I mean baseball isn't isn't that exciting. Like what if it's a QB with one hand? Now that's different. You got a pitcher with one hand that that plays at the highest level. A slugger could have been like a third baseman. I'm like, sheesh, he's a he's a beast. Yep. And guess what? He got a hit. He got a one. Oh, he got a hit. Well, he played most of his career in the in the AL. But when he uh, when he got to the Brewers, which was like near the end of his career, um, start of the '99 season, he's in the National League, and uh, he uh, yeah, he got a hit. He was hitless in 15 plate appearances, entering a game against the Cubs. And, uh, you know, runners on in the fourth inning with one swing of the bat, one hand. Got a career hit and an RBI. Oh, he got an RBI too. Yeah. That's right. So, don't say he didn't do it. Don't say he didn't do it. Gosh, man. (laughs) What a stud. What a stud. Shout out Jim Abbott. Norm just learned about Jim Abbott. This people are probably wondering, like, what if you turn it in late? You've missed a lot this morning. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten into we've gotten into all kinds of stuff. What year did he play? Like, did he? I uh, played in the eighties and nineties. Oh yeah, I definitely wasn't checking for him. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> believe you never heard of him. No, I, I told you, Scott. There's only like five baseball players ever. Abbott played from eighty nine to ninety nine. No, it see that and that he crossed into that that Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire. Also, is an Olympic gold medalist for. Baseball. Come on. I mean, USA Baseball won the gold in the ninety in the eighty eight Olympic Games in Seoul. Olympic baseball. I've never heard of that. an Olympic medalist. Never heard of that. Who played eleven years in MLB? Never heard of that. Finished in the top four of the Cy Young. Threw a no hitter. Didn't have a hand. And Norm's over here like, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Not sure. Can he make a good gumbo though? Probably, I would I, I, give this guy a challenge. I bet he comes. To one of my friends always. He's also like, in the College Baseball Hall of Fame. He's like, yeah, Norm, you, you know, you do all this, but can you make a good gumbo? Can you make it, bro? <laughs> hey, I made. We talked about it last week. I made a gumbo last week. I, might I haven't made out. too many gumbos in my life, but me was, either. That's why it's so. Funny. It got the job done, though. It, it got the job done. They, they're Cajun. They're from um, uh, 
Veal Platt and Lake Charles, and it's just like, yeah, Norm, you know, you could do everything. You do everything, but you can't, you can't ball no meat. You got a lot of different <laughs> meats to work with in Veal Platt if you can make a gumbo. And that's what it is. If that's, somebody's making a gumbo and they tell me that they're from Veal Platt, I'm, I, I'm expecting like five star here. That's I, what I'm, I'm saying. That's why it's like, if it better, this is gonna be really good. I don't, I don't fight against them when they like, yo, Norm, you can't, you can't ball no gumbo. Okay, no, uh, you, I don't know you, why, but we were talking. Give me yours. We don't were, don't don't talk down on me. Give we me were, yours. We were talking about two K. You brought up gumbo. Yeah, what is this? and it's all. It's <laughs> it, I promise you. It's like I'm beating you in two K though. But uh, well, no, you can't ball no gumbo. You can't make no gumbo though. You can't ball no meat. You know what we need to do? So Jim <laughs> Abbott works as a motivational speaker. I don't know if I can get in touch with him, but I would love to get him on the show on a Thursday morning. <laughs> Because I want, I'm serious. I want to talk to him about his career and be like, this guy sitting across from me didn't know anything about you, and he's hung up on whether or not you can cook a gumbo. Can he cook a gumbo? Where's he from? Uh, I think he's from Midwest. Oh, he can't cook no gumbo. He's from Flint. He can't cook no gumbo. Flint, Michigan. Yeah, but doesn't mean he probably like, cook a mean green bean casserole. <laughs> doesn't mean that that he can't if if you were to give him the ingredients and no. Let him work on it? No. He, Everybody, would, he would knock it out first try. I'm not saying no, that. No. But it's not like he threw a new hitter the first time he picked up a baseball and, and you know, had one hand. Can he cook a gumbo? Can he make some boudin? I, I, can you make boudin? <laughs> I can't make boudin. I don't have the casing. What does that mean? <laughs> Is this the standard now for everything? Can he bake bread, though? <laughs> That's what you got to ask. Can he bake bread? I don't know, man. Man, when you Back from New Orleans and it's like uh, all your friends are Cajun and in uh, country, it's like that's what this standard is to everything. It's they like, they Norm, keep asking Norm if he can, if he can cook gumbo, and he's like, you know what? Just I'm sick of it. I'm <laughs> sick of it. He's like, Norm, if we take your George Foreman, it's over for you. <laughs> that's all right, ESPN1420 and dot com. Scott Fraser, Norman Locke. Um, talked about the softball signing class a little bit earlier in the show. If you want to read about that, if you want to read about the. Uh, Baseball uh, signing class, women's basketball, men's basketball, it's all there. If you missed my conversation, uh, Bob Marlin from earlier this week, Rage Education basketball coach, you can hear that over at the uh, Great Scott Show podcast page, Anchor, Spotify, and other podcast mediums. A lot of, lot of interviews yesterday up on there. Chris Smith, Eric Guerra, uh Will Gilry of The Athletic, who covers the Pelicans, Brody Miller, uh, Joe Broussard, so... Tons of great content for you there. This show, the whole show from this morning, will be up there in uh, in just a little bit. But uh, the softball class, top-ranked signing class in the country. So Cajuns in South Alabama on the football field this Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock. Um, what is your prediction for the game? What's the, what's the spread? Last I checked, let's see, it is 15 and a half. I'm going under again. And as I think the Cajuns could win by 10. I think 10's a good number. 10's a good number. That's why last week I was talking to Greg, and I'm like, he was like 14 and a half. I was like, ha, not that half. Not that half. <laughs> it ended up being seven. I mean, they just, they're winning these games. Here's the thing. One of these games they have to come out and then just be clicking in the first quarter, right? Drop 50 on somebody. You got to drop 50. It's, at some point Probably the offense is going gonna, is gonna to click in the first quarter, and the entire game is just going to play out. Great for the Cajuns. It's going to be ULM. So it's not going to be South Al. It's going to be South Al's kind of feisty too, man. I mean, I, be, I've been seeing ULM take a lot of L's. Like, 
like bad plays type of L. So I, I really think the cage just really might come out and hang fifty. That one's, on. one's going to be in a little while, but uh, but yeah, South Alabama this week, Central Arkansas the next week. Then you're at ULM uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, Saturday after Thanksgiving. Excuse me. All right, so um, I like the Cajuns as well, and I don't think they're going to cover. Now, this is my question about the Sun Belt. How real are you think these Chanticleers? Well, for 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 Co- first of all, Coastal's very real. I mean, they they're they're they're, all, they're the top dog in the conference right now. They're number fifteen in the country, and they're they're the only undefeated team in the conference. Here's the thing: if they don't beat App State, they're playing them. Um, a week from Saturday, they play. I think I think Coastal plays uh, Troy this weekend. So if they don't beat App State, it might. It's probably not going to matter because App's going to win that division. And then, well, I say that. See, App can App could beat them, but then if the Cajuns beat App on the fourth, then they got two yeah. losses. They have two losses. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Coastal. Here's another thing to note about Coastal. Conference aside, if they beat App State, they're good. But on December the 5th, they have a non-conference game against Liberty. Liberty has been, been scoring a bunch of points. 22, they're undefeated. They've been scoring seven like 40 points a game. That, that could end up being the biggest G5 matchup of the entire season in college football and really determine whether or not, like, which team is going to remain undefeated, you know. I mean, if Coastal were to finish complete, they're at number fifteen right now. Mm-hmm. If they were to run the table and finish completely undefeated and and win their bowl game, ten. That's nuts that they could finish in the top ten. That's nuts. They and could also to be the They could also lose to App and Liberty, and then possibly a bowl game or to UL in a conference. You know, I mean, but but let's look at Coastal's games. Other than their game against UL, which went down to a last second field goal, right? Norm with a mullet. They beat Kansas by 15. They beat Campbell by 22. They beat Arkansas State by 29. They beat Georgia Southern by two touchdowns. They beat Georgia State in Atlanta 51 to nothing. They beat South Alabama last week 23 to 6. It's not like, I mean, conversely, the Cajuns, we've seen it. There are a lot of close wins. There are a lot of close games. Other than the game against UL, Coastal has handled, handled every one of their opponents this year. So, you know what do they do against Troy Saturday? I think they probably win. I know the games at Troy, but spicy chicken. You ask me if Coastal's for real? Absolutely. I mean, I think the proof's in the pudding. Just not just the record, but when you actually look at the games they play, they're 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 definitely real. Um, normally we'd make an LSU pick right now, but they're not playing this weekend game against Alabama. Pushback. So before we get out of here, Norm, let's take a look at NFL. Uh, as my computer's freezing up here, I'm trying to pull up the schedule. The NFL Week 10 tonight. This is actually a this we get a Thursday night football game tonight that's that's interesting. Ooh, okay. Tennessee host Indianapolis. Mm. So the Colts, no one's taking them too serious, even though they got a really good defense. It's gonna be the first time I'm watching the, the whole Titans country. with their losses to the Steelers and then the Bengals kind of got brought that brought back down to earth here. Um Tennessee is a ooh wow. Tennessee's hosting right now. This game is a picket. Who you got tonight? I got Tennessee. All right, I'll take the Colts. Cleveland and Houston. The Texans fresh off win number two, where they defeated the Jaguars. Cleveland, you know they're they're they, they think they're going to the playoffs. Yet when they have to play a team that's potentially also in the playoffs, 
not happening, whether that be Baltimore, Pittsburgh, or the Raiders. Every other team they've beat this year wouldn't be considered a playoff team with one exception, the team we just talked about in the Colts. So Cleveland-Houston, in Cleveland. I'm going to take Cleveland with this one. Dog pound. It, it's, it's, I'm taking Cleveland too, but it's more about the Texans than it is about the Browns. 100%. Uh, a game that no one cares about, the Lions host the Washington football team. I'm going to go with the Lions because it's the Washington football team. The what the fuck? The what the what? The what the The what the W? I'm with you, dude. I see every <laughs> WFT, and I always just see WTF the in my mind. Um, Green Bay and Jacksonville. Obviously, it's the Packers. Uh, the yeah. Giants and the Eagles. That's a nasty. The last matchup was so nasty. 22-21. You want to take the Giants, but you're not going to do it. It's yeah. the Eagles. You want to, but you're not going to do it. Because yeah, it was nasty. All right. You Danny got, Dimes. This, that was the game he ran for 90 yards. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yo, tripped on his own feet. Yeah, they can't win. Carolina and Tampa Bay. And mm. this this is, Bucks got to win. See, Tampa's lost four in a row. Um, all of them were one-score games. And prior to that, they had won three in a row. They've been in these games, but for Tampa, after getting annihilated by the Saints, in narrowly beating the Giants, this is does this feel like kind of a prove-it game for Tampa Bay? I wouldn't call a prove-it game against Carolina, but this is a must-win. If they lose any more NFC games, this is just going to knock them down that totem pole, and they don't they don't want to see a Seattle Seahawks team or a, a Green Bay Packers team first round. I think not. look, I think Tampa's going to be a playoff team, but I think it's a prove it game in that was last week a blip in the radar, or is there are there real issues there? Because if you lose to Carolina and you don't look good in this game, I think this I think the ship's starting to turn. I don't think you're firing off those can. How base by the way, how sad was it that Tampa Bay fired off those cannons on the pirate ship when they kicked a pathetic field goal late in the game to avoid getting shut out? Yeah, don't bad. don't fire the cannons. No, you don't. Fire don't them. fire the cannons. Um, all right, we gotta we gotta run through here as we're running short on time. Miami hosting the Chargers. I'm gonna take the Chargers, even though the Chargers lose close games. I just feel like they're gonna let me down. No way. Hey, they Chargers. close games. They have lost 49 one score games in the last five years. How is that even possible? Arizona hosting Buffalo. I got the Dolphins, by the way. I'm taking the Bills at Arizona. Who you got? I'm taking the Bills. Rams and Seattle in L.A. This one's interesting. I'm taking the Rams. I told you, I'm not. I'm Seahawks defense is boo-boo. Yeah. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Aaron Donald will get to Russell Wilson. This is, this is, you got Jalen Ramsey versus um, DK Metcalf. So it's, gonna, it's a lot of key matchups going on, but right. I, I think the Rams win this All game. right, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Rams as well. Saints-Niners, I like the Saints. There'll the be Saints. a bit of an emotional letdown, but the Niners are so beat up. Yeah. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Pittsburgh. Joe Burrow. Patriots-Baltimore Sunday night. Baltimore. Yeah, Chicago-Minnesota Monday night. Minnesota. I feel like Dalvin Cook's going to have another. He's just been going on a terror. Monday night, under the lights, people paying attention. Give me Big Nick. <laughs> all right, I'll take the Bears. I don't want to pick all the same teams as you. But you picking the Bears. Yeah, I am. Don't go anywhere. Beyond the game with Steve Pelegrin's next. It was fun, Norm. Norman Locke, Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Don't miss it. The morning lock-in. And tomorrow with Greg. Yes, sir. Stay tuned. Steve is next. We'll be on the game. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. CSPN1420.com. Yeah.